Hello warriors and battle buddies, this is James Inkson Stevens and you are listening to a Battle Within podcast with Terry and Drew Neiman. Here we are with episode number 119. Terry, the inspiration for the program, will join us shortly along with today's special guest, William Galloway. This is a fascinating story of a gentleman who, after his injury, decides he is going to ride his bicycle from New Jersey to California to seek out additional treatment. As he learns on this sort of Forrest Gump trek, it is quite an adventure, and he gets to meet all sorts of generous people along the way. He learns to sleep in the cold and finds himself feeling better after he's been riding. So William decides to keep doing it with the hopes of raising awareness around the invisible injury. At the time of this recording, William has ridden 27,603 miles and crossed the United States of America nine times. And during all of these treks, he's been featured in many newspapers and local radio and TV stations. We get to learn a little bit about William's injury, the adventure, and what is next for him during the chat. Please show us some patience and grace while listening in. William spoke to us from an American Legion building in the Midwest. You will hear a bit of static and people speaking in the background from time to time during our conversation. But hey, that's the price you got to pay in order to speak to somebody who is a road warrior like William. Folks, before we get to the conversation, please don't forget to show some support for the show by giving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And also, if you're getting any kind of value out of the content, please visit us at www.buymeacupofcoffee.com backslash a battle within. We can use the support to help bring the platform to the next level. Okay, warriors and battle buddies, here we go with William and Terry. A battle within is about Terry and Drew's life experiences and those of their guests living with and healing from traumatic brain injuries with an emphasis on post-concussion syndrome. The conversations are real raw and uncensored from both the warrior and caregiver perspectives. From time to time, medical professionals are offered as well. This platform is intended to be a useful way to create awareness around the invisible injury and to help those in the battle. Whether you are the warrior or the battle buddy, the stories and resources offered here take aim at helping you in your own journey. Join us each week for meaningful conversations that truly do matter for those affected. Let's battle together. Well, hello, William, and welcome to A Battle Within. It is good to have you join us today to tell us a little bit about yourself and the work you're doing to help us uh, in this community that we all find ourselves involved in. Hi, William. Hi. Yeah. So William, you know, he comes from New Jersey, Terry, and he, he drove, he's rode his bike all the way to California to get some help with his TBI. And part of the reason that he did that initially was because he got a little frustrated with the medical community and what was going on. And he couldn't just sit around and just kind of like wait for things to happen. He had to seek out some help, right? So he goes across the country the first time, really in an effort to do that, finds out that it's pretty cool adventure-like type of thing for him. Mm. Since then, he says, you know what? I'm going to keep riding back and forth across the country to help create awareness around the invisible injury. And now he's on trip number nine, I think, right? Number nine is this, William? Number nine? Yes. Okay. There you go. 
You're Zach. You listen to everything. You're perfect. So, you know, during his treks, Terry, he's been featured on TV, radio stations. He kind of went, his story went a little viral. That's basically how I found out about what William was up to. Three radio stations. Yeah. Wow. Which stations? Channel 4 out of Grand Junction, Colorado. And then um, uh, Channel 13, 11 and 13 out of Yuma. And Channel 12 out of Medford, Oregon. And then um, Channel 3 out of uh, Mansfield, Ohio, and Channel 3 out of Huntington, West Virginia, and Channel 11 out of Johnson City, Tennessee. Oh, wow. And then Channel 6 out of West Virginia, wow. out of close to Bluefield. Wow. It's amazing. That is really neat. So I, I've, been, I've been in those places, but then Raccoon Valley Radio Station uh, out of um, Jefferson, Iowa, uh, Laidback Bike Report They're out of Columbus, Ohio. They talk about all the recumbent bikes throughout the country. Wait, you're doing this on a recumbent bike? Wait, no, 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 no. Yeah. Stop, William. <laughs> Hold on a minute. <laughs> you are on a recumbent. Yes, a recumbent. Yeah. I totally was with, like, I was had him on a Harley. Yeah. You know? Oh, no. That's what I'm saying. It's a bicycle. I don't know, like a bike, like a motorcycle. Yeah. I, I had you on, like, and now I'm really blown away because you were, you went very far. Nine times. A recumbent. Yeah. It's all pedal power. Yeah. Holy Toledo. Yes. Holy Toledo. Yes, it's a bicycle, a recumbent, not a motorcycle. Yeah, yeah, no, I know what they are. I got 27,603 miles. So what they are is they're bikes, like road bikes, but they're down low and they're like three wheels. Am I right? I got a trike. I got a three wheel. Now he's had three trikes. Because he's broken a couple of them because he's put so many miles on them. That's right. And I'm not even right. making that up. You're, you're right. So, that is crazy. Yeah. So he's got, a, he's got a, a bike company who's actually sort of been donating or sponsoring, however you want to describe it, to make sure he's outfitted the way that he needs to be to make these trips back and forth. That's right. But it got to be after the second bike broke on me that they got a little, they got a little frustrated about it. He's been doing this because you know he had a brain injury because he got hit by a car by a drunk driver. That's why. That's where it all began for him. Yes, okay. which he spent nine months in the hospital. Yes, that is correct. Right. And rehab and all that kind yep. of stuff. Yep. So tell us, like, what some of the coolest things that have happened, William, while you're on the road sharing the good word. Well, there's a lady in, in Zania, Ohio, I met, calls Rail to tra- Rails to Trails over there, and she's a volunteer for it. So she supported me the first time meeting her. Then got on the road, and it was in the winter. She ended up coming across the road. So they, they came up behind me. I already knew who I was. I stopped, and she goes, here, here's $50. I said, what's this for? She goes, this is a mother. Mother knows you need, you need help. I, said, <laughs> and I laughed about it and cried because I needed the help. Aww. But it was just a moment. You need a motel. She said, you're exhausted. I said, no, I, I know I am. I said, I got to keep going. She goes, no. She says, you need to get a motel. So they called ahead and set me up a motel. But I've had others that they see the sign on my trailer, and they look me up and read about me. and. Then a couple of weeks later, somebody's putting $50 in my PayPal account or $10 or $1,000. I, I never see it coming. It's nothing you guarantee. It's just people that if they want to do something, they do it because they care. But most of all, as old as I am and others that don't understand what I go through, yeah. it's like maturity. Well, you're just getting older you know, if, if, if you can't remember something. And I, I hate that because I feel like they don't understand it. I've had a couple of people give me jobs and I work with with people and, and somebody else says, what do you look at me like that for? And I don't catch it. And it's just part of my disability. Because you go blank. 
you're not really paying attention, thinking what you're, you're looking at, you just go blank. And it aggravates me because it's, it's something people don't understand. And nobody would never advocate for me back in New Jersey. Right. And that's what I was trying to do. And oh, yeah. I, I would beg for the jobs at the temp agencies to explain to them right. why I don't have a job history, what happened. They send me out. But when I have the headaches, I got to lay down for about 20 minutes. And then I push myself, I get up and I push myself to get back to work or whatever I have to do. And they don't want you back. It's like burning bridges. My jobs got so far out, I couldn't get to them in time and get home in time. When the doctors gave me information at a clinic, I read about it. I thought about it. Depression, frustration. I, I, I wanted to go. I love bikes. I always love bikes. Never loved bikes ever since I was a kid. And being I did, couldn't afford a car and didn't have money for one, I, I invested in a two-wheel bike. And then when I got to a three-wheel bike because of the headaches, I realized I couldn't. When I stopped, I'd get lightheaded and dizzy, exhausted. And I was in ER a few times. As I uh, got, got ER, it was the fourth, yeah, the fourth time I broke down. And that's when I bought the three-wheel trike. And that's what I stuck with. That's the reason why I bought them. So I didn't know what else to do. I got, I got used to riding the three-wheel instead of the two-wheel. But in my life being on the road, I've slept in snowstorms over in the far northeastern side of uh, um, Colorado. Come to find out when I woke up the next day, I was in somebody's driveway. <laughs> There was a big ranch that I didn't know over the horizon of the hill. The ranch sat down there. So when that morning I woke up with the front end of the pickup truck facing me. <laughs> but he laughed about it. We laughed about it. And I eventually got my nerves up and got myself into town. It was 10 miles away. Winds are blowing like 20 miles an hour. Wow. And when I got there, I happened to call a church, asked if I can do a place I can just go thaw out for a while. I said, I can afford a motel for one night, but I can't do two. This lady says, you get your butt over. She says, I passed you up going down the road. She says, I'll put you up over there. So she put me up for the two nights. And she said, don't come back through here again in the wintertime. I won't help you. <laughs> you don't know what to expect. And I've been places where you're sitting at a cafe. A guy comes in, puts his hand on your shoulder and, and catches you off guard and says, I got your meal for you, but don't stop. I go, what do you mean? He said, just don't stop what you're doing. He said, my wife had a brain injury. It changed both of our lives, not just hers. I had to make less money to get her help, and I didn't understand that. People own too much. They can't get the help that, that they need, even if it, they don't know when it's coming or when they're going to get hurt or anything, or their insurance doesn't cover it. People have told me these things. I never thought of things like that. People would do that, listen to me that much. You make more of a difference, not just with the one life, but more. People say, well, if you do stop, what would you want? Right. right. So all these people that you've spoken to over these years, right, and all your journeys, do you find that people are generally kinder to you as opposed to people who are, you know, kind of, I wouldn't say mean or whatever, or don't care or whatever. But, Maybe disinterested. Right, disinterested. Do you find people overall to be generous and engaged in what you're doing and admire what you're up to? I've never been as far as I've been for people who cared. I met more people to give me excuses. The people who have cared are people that see the signs, they read about me, and they're bicycle enthusiasts themselves. They don't understand it, but I inspired them in such way not to give up. A lady had cancer over in Elizabeth, Ohio. She donated $50 to me then, but she ended up telling me that she had cancer. I read your sign about not giving up. I didn't know what else to say because somebody read that sign that's on the side of my bike. People, when the, when the pandemic started, I had a fellow in Northern California that wanted to take me home and let me sleep in one of the other houses he owned. But I said, no, I got to keep going. I said, I ain't stopping. I had people in Tennessee got mad because I wouldn't stay and live with them. 
I have a few questions for you that I've been jotting down here. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. You talked about a trailer. Is that pulled by your bike? Yeah. At one point, I had an eight-foot trailer in the back of me. I'd sleep in the trailer. I had some big advertisement about brain injury, and uh, somebody one night came up on me and decided to destroy it, and I was in it. So they caught one of the people. But the lady that donated the sign, she ended up saying, I'll stick around. She had a brain injury, and I didn't know it when she donated the signs to me. I've had people want me to put my stories on YouTube, but it's it's kind of hard doing that. What does the sign say? Oh, it says one of, one of my signs just says brain injury awareness. The other one says, says I can't pronounce it all, about, about giving up. It's one of the TBIs. I got it off the internet. So this is a comment. Recumbent bikes, I see them as bikes that really remove the balance piece. It is. It's for people that, that have... That have balance problems. So do you have balance issues? And was that something that led you towards the recumbent bike? The right side of my head, everything feels like it's always fallen to the right. When I look at people and I have a conversation and I go blank. Oh, wow. It, it just, everything just always feels to the right. That's where my scar is at. I don't know if I can. Yeah, I don't know if you, can you see it? That he's showing us. That's the scar. It took two ribs and a yep, bone yeah. out of my right side, putting the right side of my head. Yeah. Where do you want to take this at the end, William? I wanted my story to get out. To get out to where you get so recognized at brain injury awareness mm. is being recognized. A lot of people end up knowing more about it. I hide my feelings when people say, well, you're like Forrest Gump. And I just said, you know, it's it's beyond it. I've been out here in Bellosio weather riding. I've been slept in snow banks. Right. I've been in rainstorms. You're so exhausted, you throw your tarp over your head to go to sleep because you just can't talk to nobody else. I just can't give up. That's all. There's no, I, haven't, I haven't found the end of the road yet until the story really gets out. Brain injury awareness is would, would be the thing of better place. To, people choose to put drugs and alcohol in their system. Hmm. I didn't choose the scar inside of my head. But people say, well, sorry that happened to you. But nobody wouldn't come advocate for you to help you hold a job, to build up that experience that somebody understands what you go through, to be function. I can't sit and just watch TV and go to a church and get a free meal and live on disability. I just don't. I don't. It's not a life. I might not have a, a shower and a, and a toilet every day out here. I have to go to a truck stop or a gas station to, to use those facilities, but I'm always on the go. I don't stay one place long enough unless I'm, my story's getting out or I got a job. I'm always on the move. Yeah, yeah it you is. Know, you, you have a choice. I build up a my legs to pull the weight I have. But the end of the road is, I don't know. It's finding somebody really to relate to you. Right. Call somewhere home and, and, and get that help. It hurts. Trust me, it hurts. I hide it. I hide it really good on a depression side. I hide it. I made that bike that much harder when those things strike you because you just tell yourself you can't give up. I've been in churches where I've talked to people and people don't know where, what, why you ride a bike. I was going to ask about your moods and your depression that you had mentioned, and then you just mentioned it again, sort of answered that for me, because I wanted to know, but I was wondering if your moods were better when you rode because of like the physical exertion. Well, yeah, it is, because it, it wears you out. It wears, it wears out the PTSD. It just, it brings it down. It, the, the bike's been my medicine. That's, that's the only way I can really say it. I'm afraid to take anything of, of any, any kind of meds for moods. Because I can't do it. Yeah. So, William, you may mention that some of the folks 
are donating to you and you know supplying funds for you. How do people go about doing that if they actually want to help you out? I got a GoFundMe, but then I have a PayPal account too. Usually it comes through the PayPal account instead. It comes in spurts, unexpected moments. Okay. Moments when I'm on the yep. Facebook, I'll tell somebody I needed help for fixing a bike. Somebody will donate $20, 40 or $60. I'll link it up in the show notes. These people are, are, are people that have been talking to me for the past three years, but it's not every time I, I do it. I just um, try to avoid going to a church, trying to ask for jobs in some places because there's just no jobs. I still try because then I get off the bike for a while and I get to relax my legs. But when you do something different in societies and when people are in one place and you're moving around constantly, people don't understand how can you go so far. Right. You know, how can you just get, get out there and ride and not worry about traffic? Traffic's on my mind every day. You're out there paying attention to what's going on. Currently working. No, I'm not working currently. I just got up here. I got 27 miles put in this today. And I usually do about 60 miles a day. That's about what I've been doing for for the for my work right now. I'm trying to work my way up towards North Dakota. Yeah, I see that as the work. I see that as you are, these people are supporting you financially, emotionally, mentally, but you are for them too. That's the way I see it. I have people come back and, and write things about their kids. You know, you inspire my kid. People told me how I inspired their families for what I've been doing. I says, but says it's just being a, a a small billboard, but I always said, I just want my story out. People put me on their Facebook and, and other social things that I just, is the ideal of people recognizing, you know, and, and getting, getting the story out about where to really get help. I've been through TBI places to my brain injury Institute and I always got pushed off to go somewhere else or they want to send me to a homeless shelter. And when I do ask them what I have to do, one place that was in Pueblo, Colorado, sent me 50, 50 papers that I had to fill out. And you got to give up your freedom to get help. And it's just not right. right. Because they say, they say everybody's TBI is different. It's the concentration I have. When I ride that bike, I pretty much take it out on the bike. I just can't give up what I'm doing. I, I, I don't know how else to really explain that part. Mm-hmm. Yep. I don't get rich what I'm doing. I get by. You're surviving. It's really what it comes down to be. I got, I got invited to come here at, at the American Legion to stop here to use your Wi-Fi to be able to have this interview. That's why I stopped here. That's fantastic. But where I go for the night, I'll be up the road somewhere, sleep on the side of the highway or in, in a town with a park with a pavilion so I don't get wet. Just things like that. It's, it's still like camping. Being I'm not allowed on the interstates in a lot of states. But when I'm out, out on the interstate, I right. like Texas or, or, or South Dakota or something, you can ride the interstate. Nobody don't bother you. But the support groups I've been to, some people don't know what to think about it. I'm on one on the internet for t- people with TBIs, and I, I rel- relate to them, and they relate to me. Yeah, so the last two questions are, do you call any place home these days? No, I don't. I don't. No, you're not the only one ever asked me the question. That's, that's one of the popular questions. Where's home? I say the bike. And then people just get that scenario of homelessness. I said, no. There's places I go. That's why I was telling you that. California, mm-hmm. Missouri, Tennessee. People invite me to, to come live with them. They find out about my story. Yeah, but I just said no. I want to keep going. I, I don't know what else to do. I want to get the story out. Mm-hmm. I love bikes. I just can't stop and sit. It hurts me if I stop and sit. I don't get into TV, and I got Netflix on my my phone. Somebody else gave me that. They're willing to pay for it. I barely ever use it. I don't sit and you. 
use my phone for that. Mm. I just think about the bike and how to go. My mind doesn't slow down. It races and it hurts because when I was working, I tried to turn 40 hours into 80. You're trying to make up for 10 years of your life at least. And that's the part that hurts. You know, you can't, but you just, you're trying to get bits and pieces back, even if it's material. You're trying to believe in something. When I've gone to church and listened to the preacher preach, there's things that relate. But when you're around other people who don't know you, it blows me away. I was in one place, but nobody wasn't doing nothing for me, but hold me back and giving up on me. But the bike's always number one. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering, did, how does your family feel about that you call the road and your bike your home? Are they How how are they with that? My oldest sister is, a, is like a preacher. She can marry people. Her husband, we we bumped heads. Right. He says, "I'm surprised. I'm surprised somebody hasn't killed you out here yet." And I said, "Well, you ain't living the life I'm living. You know, I just I don't want her to baby me. She's the big sister, but I'm the youngest brother. She wants to treat me like like that, and I, I can't put up with it because they find out I made the news of places, and they don't want me talking about it, you know, about my family. And, but it's the truth. What I'm doing now, I never thought I'd go this far. I never thought that many people would be curious about what I've been doing." Being, being in the news in different places and, and and radio stations and so forth, people got curious. And I never thought people would be. But the kindness, unexpected, never even crossed my mind how far I've been and how much people have unexpected of, of helping you to keep your story going. For me, wanting to go up to North Dakota, I just it's one state I haven't been up to. That's really the last one, besides Hawaii and Alaska. <laughs> this past year, for the, the Sturges, when it was over with, I was in Myrtle, South Dakota, and I've had bikers pull up to me and say people in Sturges were talking about me, but I don't I don't know why they they'd be talking about my bike maybe or, or my signs, but I don't know anybody personally. I just want the story out, and if I'm inspiring somebody, I wish it was inspired where, where more support throughout all the United States would, would would be out there. Wow! If somebody asked me where if you stop and call somewhere home, what would you want? I said I wish a five bedroom house was donated. To- <laughs> I bet you'll go. <laughs> it's just one of the things being out there. So how do you know where you are going? Are you using a phone GPS or a map? And then like, how long does your phone last? How do you like have a mobile charger with you if you are using a phone? Because you're going pretty far and phones, my phone wouldn't last. <laughs> just wouldn't. I, I have three chargers I carry with me, portable battery packs. I got a camera for the front of the bike. And then I got two cameras for the back of the bike. All right, William. Terry has one more question for you, and then we're going to wrap it up. You talked about that you were more angry, violent. Well, I don't know violent, but more aggressive. So were you like this after the injury only or before? Or did it get intensified? After the injury, I got up in the hospital a few times where they had to strap me down because I wasn't allowed to get up and walk around. They gave me some shots, put me down a few times. I got dizzy so fast. The coordination, it was hurting me, and I was f- trying to fight it. And when I stood up, it was like sp- my head was just spinning around in circles. There was people that, that in the medical field that, that was passionate and caring. They had that skill. I learned that being messed up like that, how to end up talking to somebody, especially when I was in assistant living, because it, it changed quite a bit. But other than that, I'm, I got, I don't know who else's life I might inspire, but if my story gets out in Wisconsin or Minnesota, Mm-hmm. I love that you're doing this. I really do. It's awesome. I think it's fantastic. I wouldn't do it. Good for you. Well, I, I would not. <laughs> I'm a cushiony pillow blanket <laughs> kind of person. Now, 
I'm soft like that. <laughs> in the wintertime, I, I got three sleeping bags, and they're all good for zero degrees. Like, well, minus 10, and one's minus 20. The down inside them, one of those sleeping bags last fall, I was sitting in, in Indianapolis at, at a, um, a shopping area, just my own business, and the guy read my sign, and he wanted to donate. He said, what do you need? Oh, nice. I told him, I said, I said, I'm at the REI store. And I said, but I, I said, I got money to buy a sleeping bag, but I'll go broke. He looks out $300. He says, no, get yourself a sleeping bag, so you stay warm. The sleeping bag's going to last me longer than going to a motel. So if I put out $300, it only lasts, what, one week for at a motel approximately? The sleeping bag lasts me for the whole winter. But I mean, I just, I kept getting a little more luxury because being 59, a little bit of cushion nice. is great to relax your body. Yeah. So, but I, but I won't give up. I just, you know, I just keep doing it. I was going to go, go over, come over to, to Lancaster. I let, let you know that I was going to come out that way, <laughs> but I, I didn't want to scare you too. <laughs> no. Oh, you should come visit us. One of your trips, you come this way and you let us know you're on your way. You can come. And we'll put you up. We'll put you up. Okay. Once again, William, thank you for coming on the program. Thank we appreciate you. you being on the program today. Thank you so much. And you keep doing what you're doing. Well, thank you for having me. I will. Thank you. Notes and resources for this episode are available at abattlewithin.com backslash 119. Connect with us at abattlewithin.com and on Facebook and Instagram at abattlewithin. If you would like to be featured on the podcast or know someone that you think should be, please reach out to us in the same places I mentioned a second ago. You can also leave a voice message on our recorder on the homepage of the website if that's your preference. Got any ideas for episode topics? Reach out with those ideas as well. If you like what you're hearing and want to support the program, the best way to do that is to rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcast, even if you don't use it to listen as your platform. It helps us to get into more ears. Links to do so are in the episode notes. Be sure to check out our Battle Within swag shop on the website at battlewithin.com backslash swag. Until next time, for those healing, show yourself some grace. For those who know someone healing, show them the same and give them a great deal of love. Keep battling, folks. Bye-bye.